0: wants you and your family to be safe that's why they asked me to talk about Generac automatic standby generators when the power goes out a Generac generator from Burkhardt will keep the lights on your refrigerator on, air conditioning it's all up and running instantly so next time the storm hits, don't be left in the dark talk to Burkhardt about a Generac generator visit acpromise.com that's acpromise.com and tell them Eric sent you you talking to me
2: you talking to me you talking to me
3: what we've got here is
2: failure to communicate stick to the truth it's what your are good at.
0: Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans. I am your host, Eric Asher. Welcome to the program. 106.1 FM on your radio dial, iHeartRadio app, tune in radio app, our digital platforms on the World Wide Web at NashFM1061.com and also EricAsher.com. Don't forget about our social media platforms, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram and now on Threads. And of course, our podcast is everywhere Anchor, Spotify, or Home Baseball on all podcasting platforms. Hey, this week on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports, we will be joined by Sean Vazan of Fox 8 Sports. He will also be with us on the program tomorrow. Uh, that is Thursday, and ev- uh, this Thursday and every Thursday at 1 o'clock with our live broadcast on LAE. Uh, and then there are a lot of rebroadcasts for you to be able to enjoy. You can always check us out on the YouTube channel for WLA TV. That's live at 1 o'clock on a Thursday, but always the programs are always there, all the previous shows. And then, of course, 6 p.m. on LA every Thursday night, 10 o'clock on the Deuce to WLA TV 2. Friday night, 9 o'clock Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on LAE. Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on The Deuce, Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. Always at EricAsher.com. always on the TV YouTube channel, and always on our social media platforms. Alright, got a great show for you today. Looking forward to having Les East on the program from CrestedSports.com. That's at 4.35 this afternoon. We check in with Matty Hudak, Tulane Sideline Report at 5.15. Greenies getting ready to take on UAB in their conference opener on Saturday, 11 o'clock, kickoff at Yeoman. Uh, that's ESPN2, I believe, on, on the on the um, on the television also again John Hendricks will join us he had a late night getting back uh, uh, from uh, Green Bay uh, last night but again will join us on the program today from Saints News at 535 so a lot to get into want to talk about it did a lot of deep dive into the offensive line uh, last night and today and we'll want to talk about that because again after three games the Saints have a good team okay they check the boxes at what quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defensive line, linebacker, defensive back, special teams coverage units, coverage units, and return units. I mean, you look across the board. After three games, almost for the first quarter of the season, in the books, you look at this team right now and you say solid at quarterback. They've got they've got some depth at running back, even with the injuries. With Kamara coming back, you love what they have at wide receiver, tight end as well. And nobody can complain about the way the defense co- uh, has played, with the exception of the fourth quarter against um, Green Bay, and a lot of that you could put on the offensive line and the offense. Special team uh, coverage units and return units have been great. But there are, again, three positions where, again, there are question marks. Offensive line and, of course, the, 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 the kicking specialist. Really, the only question marks right now as we conclude the first quarter of the season in the Dome against Tampa Bay is the offensive line, Okay. And, of course, did Allen make the right choice at place kicker and punter? Look, place kicker and punter can be solved easily, okay? If ultimately um, Henley and, and, and Groupie continue to struggle, then, then, again, you could go to the waiver wire. You'll bring in somebody, a veteran, somebody that can help you there. It's not a, that's not an issue. I'm not even worried about that, okay? That can be solved quickly. The offensive line, there's not much out there, ladies and gentlemen, okay? I did the research. You got a bunch of linemen in the thirties that can't find the team. Lyle Collins is coming off uh, an injury. Um, he's twenty nine years old. He's a right tackle who also has played guard. You got Taylor Lewan again who again was with formerly with again Tennessee. Got ran out of there. Left tackle, 31 years old. Gabe Jackson had a cup of coffee with a bunch of teams. He's a guard. He's 31 years old. Ben Jones has been, played with a bunch of teams. He's a center. He's 33 years old. Eric Fisher got ran out of the league. Left tackle, 32 years old. You could go with Jason Peters, but wait a minute. He's a left tackle and he's 41 years old. Okay. Um, again, I mean, just that's just to name a few, right? Okay i name a few. Uh, they still can't get a job in a depressed offensive line market where teams are searching for, again, backup offensive linemen, offensive linemen that can step in in case of injury. Uh, for the Saints, they got great coaches. Look, Doug Marone didn't forget how to coach the offensive line. He's done it in New Orleans. He did it in, from 06 to 08. He's done it again in his last couple years here. He's done it in other stops around the NFL in college. Okay? This guy was considered one of the best offensive line coaches in the game. He's had success everywhere he's ever coached. So you're going to put this on coaching? Jerry Evans is his assistant. Now, I know Zach Street is in Denver now, but Jerry Evans is one of the best to ever to play the game at the guard position. Just his institutional knowledge of the game should be able to help these players on this offensive line. So let me say this right now coaching being the issue is doubtful. Doubtful. This line has has experience, both as a group and individually. So collectively and individually, with the exception of first round pick in twenty two, Trevor Penning, the left tackle, who is essentially a rookie after the injuries took away his rookie season, the rest are all veterans. Okay, they've all played together on this line for a while. You got Ramshack, first round pick in seventeen, Ruiz was a first round pick in twenty, McCoy was a second round pick in 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 in, uh, in, um, uh, in, in twenty one. Um, uh, and, um, if you look at, at him, he was the, he was the second round pick, but he was the Saints first round pick, right? Um, and, uh, and so when you look at this right now, um, you got to say to yourself, um, wait a minute, what's going on here? Oh, wait a minute. I forgot a couple, right? Okay. Let's talk about the other ones. Uh, Hurst free agent, Pete first round pick in fifteen. There is no excuse on why they are playing so horribly in in, in the first three weeks of the season. There's just no reason for it, okay? There's no reason for it at all. You look at Carr and Winston, have rarely had a clean pocket to throw from. They've been under constant pressure. Practically every time again, there's a pass play is called. It's not just on passing nouns. Okay, For the majority of the first three games of the season, opening up holes for the running game has been a challenge for this team. Yes, they were pretty good in the red zone against the Panthers. They've shown some flashes here and there, especially when Taysom Hill is carrying the football. But it's been a challenge. Even the running game has been a challenge. So there's no easy fix here for the Saints when you start talking about the offensive line, which, by the way, has been heavily invested in by, again, Loomis, Sean Payton, who is responsible for these draft picks for the most part, and Dennis Allen, who's responsible for penning. This team did what it was supposed to do. It did it what front office did what they were supposed to do. Invest heavily in your offense and defensive lines. They've done that. Okay? In both draft draft especially this offensive line in both draft capital and co- contractual obligations. Well, let me say this to you, ladies and gentlemen. In case you ain't figured it out, Saints are stuck with this group. It's the same scenario we've seen over and over again with New Orleans and how they handle the cap. On one hand, if it works out for you and your players, again, are paying dividends, it's great. But again, if you find a bust or someone gets injured, it, doesn't, it, is, it is bad news. And right now, it's bad news for the Saints. You got reworking of contracts, you got the dead money that's going to become due uh, again, or or you got a situation with, again, where you're in the early years of new deals when it comes to this offensive line. Here's some of the contract terms. Penning has has just signed a four-year, $14.1 million deal, fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. There's a dummy year in 2026. the, the, The contract ends in 2027. Now, maybe he's a left tackle. Maybe he's a guard. I don't know. But you got a lot invested in him, including again a number one pick, plus again the other picks you gave up to be able to move up to get him in a Remember that. Pete, after reworking his deal, is in the last year of his deal. He's an unrestricted free agent next season. But there's a $13 million cap hit in 2024 that comes along with that. Okay? $6 million in dead money on the books until 2027 with Pete. His original deal, four years, $11 million in 2020. He re-signed again for, uh, for again, a, fi- a five-year extension for $57.5 million. That's where we are today. Hearst has a, three million, a three-year, $9 million deal, $5 million guaranteed uh, this season. He's in the last year of his deal, but there are three voidable years added to the deal. In 24, 25, and 26, there's $4 million in dead money spread over those years. With $3.5 million in dead money due next season, next season, So if you don't re-sign him, you got that dead money coming due. McCoy, five years, $60 million, $20 million guaranteed. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2028. There's a potential out next year making his deal a two-year $20 million deal, but there's $12.8 million in dead money that would be due if you walk away from, from from McCoy next year. So you see, at the end of this year, we've seen enough. We're done. Again, there's $12.8 million in dead money. His contract reverts back to a two-year $20 million deal. So there's a, a potential out. Ruiz. Huh. <laughs> Just signed a four-year, $44 million deal with $27 million guaranteed. There's a potential out in 2026 where it would be a, 20, a three-year, $27.3 million deal with zero dead money. Congratulations, Mickey Loomis. That's a good contract there. You can get out with zero dead money. But, again, you just signed into to a four-year deal. Ramchett. His rookie deal was four years, $8.9 million. Boy, where are those days? That's back in 2017. In 2021, he signs a five-year, $96 million extension, $60 million of that guaranteed. Uh, The contract ends in 2026. There's a dummy year in 2027. There's a potential out next year again, right? Which would make the deal three years, $53.5 million. The dead money is $35.5 million. So, $35.5 million in dead money. If you get out next year with, with, um, uh, with Ramshack, there's zero dead money if you get out in 2026 uh, with, with, with Ruiz. There is, again, $12.8 million in dead money next year if you get out with, with McCoy. So add that to the $35.5 you already have again, you, you, if you uh, take a pass on Ramshack, who, again, looks like he's 80 years old. You have $3.5 million in dead money next year from Hearst. And, of course, you look at the rest of the guys. Again, you have $13 million in dead money already on the books for for Pete next year. So what I'm trying to say is right now, you might have close to $100 million in dead money if you were to walk away from three of your players next year. That's Pete, that is also Hurst, Ramchick, and also... um, Ramsey and then of course uh, M- 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 McCoy as well. So four year linemen that's hundred million dollars in dead money. You think they can do that? You think they can walk away from hundred million walk away from these players with hundred million dollars in dead money? You're crazy. It's not happening. Okay, there's no way on the cap on this green on this on on, the, on, this, on this green earth that again the Saints can walk away and put up hundred million dollars in dead money with again the dead money they have left over from players that are still paying. So you're stuck with this offensive line. Salavary has a four-year, $4.6 million contract. Young has a four-year, $3 million contract. Max Garcia is on a one-year, $1.6 million deal. (laughs) Saints are stuck, man. Saints have invested high, high draft capital and a large portion of the cap to build this offensive line. Getting out of these contracts would cost the Saints dearly in terms of dead money. So what's the issue here? I mean, getting out of this marriage is going to be difficult. It's going to be expensive. So what's the issue with the line that's been together for group, as a group for years? There's experience individually and collectively as a, as a group, right? Only Penning has the excuse of inexperience. Okay, so how can a group of veteran offensive linemen not be able to pick up stunts and twist? How, they have been together too long not to be able to work as a cohesive group when it comes to blitz pickups. Come on, we're not talking about a brand new offensive line that was brought in. These guys got to kind of get together, know each other. Come on. And then I'm going to throw something out there that, that again just hit me last night. Is this on Derek Carr? Is he not making the right line calls? I mean, I'm searching for anything at this point remember McCoy made the line calls last year. Breeze made the calls before that again now Carr comes in it was supposed to be again a much more smooth process. he was going to pick out the mic he was going to pick out where the blitz pickups were coming from and, and of course the offensive line was going was going was to be ready to go which McCoy was only gonna have to worry about snapping the ball I mean is he making not making the line right line calls that's a question I don't know I'm not in I'm not in the in the meetings I'm not in the film room what is not on car? what is not on the coaches, is getting physically beat, getting manhandled, getting pancaked by linebackers and defensive linemen. Ladies and gentlemen, I said this a bunch on this program. Breeze has got the ball out quickly. He hid the deficiencies in the offensive line. We were told for years, Saints offensive line, best ever. Saints offensive line, getting the trophy for the best of, uh, uh, offensive line uh, in the NFL. A lot of that was Breeze. I'm not saying these guys weren't good individually and collectively across the board. They were. But Brees helped them by getting the ball out quickly. He knew where he was going, pre-snap read, where the ball and he got it out quickly and delivered. Man. Now, look, I know he was a dink and dunker in later years. So, it worked. But remember, the majority of the members of this line, minus Penning, put him in retirement Because of the beating he took in his last season as a Saint. Remember that. This offense under Karin Winston wants to throw the ball downfield. That means holding blocks longer. Recognizing blitz, stunts, twists. Having a pocket to set up in and step up in. And this line is not protecting the quarterback. In three games, the Saints quarterback has been sacked 16 times. Uh, There have been 17 quarterback hits and counting. Unacceptable. There is no time to throw the football. Again, Carr is constantly trying to step up, trying to move. Same thing with Winston. And Winston's less mobile than Carr. When you look at holes for the running game, they've been spotty at best. Again, getting physically beat at the point of attack. Now, let me say this to you. I know a lot of people think, here comes the savior. He's got the S on his chest. His name is Alvin Kamara. Let me say this right now. You think Kamara comes in and saves the day, day here? He needs daylight. Okay. Okay. He needs daylight to be able to, again, run the football. He also is adept at catching the ball at the backfield. Now, Carr hasn't done it because, again, they haven't been together uh, uh, in, um, in the regular season. And we know Winston couldn't do it. I mean, go back in your mind's eye and look at the frustration on Alvin Kamara's face so many times when Winston went the other way or couldn't complete the pass, a simple screen or, or swing or throwing the ball over the middle of Kamara. I remember it. Do you? So he's not the savior. I don't have the answer, okay? Is it the blocking scheme? Is it the more vertical passing game? Uh, Or is this a group of highly compensated, high draft picks who have peaked? And they're just average NFL linemen. And if that's the case, the Saints front office whiffed. They whiffed on the draft. And they whiffed on, again, doubling down on these guys by giving them extensions, okay? Is it coaching? Or are they just physically don't have the ability to deal with, again, the modern NFL defensive linemen? And when I say that, again, I mean because now NFL defensive linemen are a premium. They get paid well. They're, again, they are some of the best athletes you have on the field, Okay, strength, speed, football. I mean, again, that, that's, that, that's what they have, right? I mean, you see it. So do the Saints offensive linemen have the ability to handle the strength and speed of, of today's defensive linemen? Do they have the football IQ to understand their responsibilities on every play? Because that's a question mark here. When you're getting, you're getting blitz and twist and, and, and stunts and they can't pick them up. That's something you start doing in high school. Look, I, I know I'm reaching for the answer here, right? Because the answer isn't clear, and they're not going to get any not going to get not going to get any better, in, in my opinion. Okay, individually and collectively, unless it's a coming to Jesus moment. Because if it's just a physical thing, there's nothing you can do about it. If it's a mental thing, then we have there's an issue here. But I'm telling you, if they don't get better individually and collectively, any chance of a winning season, a division championship, the playoffs is a pipe dream. Because in the NFL, if your offensive line sucks, so does your chances of winning on game day. Number one, you're not going to keep your, your, your quarterback upright. I mean, even again, the, the most mobile quarterback that has the ability to have escape ability to be able to make times with, it, with his feet is going to have issues with a bad offensive line. Oh, my God, I've seen it my entire life. Archie Manning was one of the best scramblers in the history of the NFL, and he got murdered. The guy's walking around with a cane today because he got brutalized because the Saints' offensive line sucked. So did Houston, so did Minnesota's. His last two stops. We're seeing the same thing now. The difference is, back then, the Saints didn't spend the money on offensive linemen like they do now. These are high draft picks. These are highly compensated players. These are players that have gotten a second contract in some cases from this team. Meaning that, again, we've not only invested the time into you in terms of coaching and teaching you how to be a great offensive lineman. We believe you're really a great offensive lineman, and we can't do any better, and we're going to double down, and we're going to give you more money and an extension on your contract. No, the Saints' woes, everything that is a problem with this team in the first quarter of the season boils down to one position. The offensive line, that group has not lived up to the standards, NFL standards, much less Saints standards. And if this team has any opportunity to move forward and to be a winning team and to reach the goals that they put out there for themselves and that the fans have for them as well, something's got to change on that offensive line. And look, nobody's coming through that door with an S on their chest that's going to save the day with the offensive line. They got to figure it out. And if this is a physical thing where guys have broken down because of injuries over the last few years and they're not the same guy that they once were, they don't have the same abilities that they once had, well, then this team's in trouble because you've locked these guys in. And even the outs that you have are going to cost you so much dead money, your hands are tied. Your hands are tied. So you can't tell me Doug Marone forgot how to coach. You can't tell me Jerry Evans can't, again, pass on little tricks of the trade to these guys. And you can't tell me, with the exception of Penning, who just got here, and again, all the, all the, the, the number of staffs that these guys have had in their NFL career, that somehow they forgot how to block. Something's going on here, ladies and gentlemen. And if it's, again, a physical thing, it's going to be hard to be able to fix that. But if it's a mental thing... Well, that's issues here, man. You know, I heard someone say the other day that that again, I think it was only one offensive lineman was uh, was at the uh, at OTAs. Unacceptable. I've said that before. Unacceptable. I don't know how true that is. I'm going to ask the the, the correspondents that, that that have come on. I, I purposely again scheduled Les and John and Matty today because they were at every practice. I mean, I want to know. I wasn't there. I mean, I keep hearing this offensive line is playing well. I mean, again, going up against the Saints defensive line which is a pretty good defensive line. This offensive line has sucked. They are the reason why this team lost last week. They're the reason why these games have been so close. The defense has done their job. The skill position players have done their job. The quarterback has done their job. The offensive line has not done their job. Yes, we could talk about, uh, you know, again, Groupie missing the kick last week. You could talk about Henley maybe not punting as well as Gilligan did last last year or, again, Morstead before him. And maybe that's a work in progress. But as I said before, on both of those guys, you could find another kicker. You could find another punter. I just gave you the list of, of, again, available offensive linemen. And believe me, they ain't coming to save the day. So there has to be a coming to Jesus moment in that locker room. Again from the captains of this team to again uh, to again the uh, the coaches. And if it has to be all the way up to the top, this offensive line has to be able to play perform better or this team is going nowhere. And they are stuck they're between a rock and a hard place when it comes to the organization. Because, again, they did double down on these players. They've drafted these players. Supposedly developed these players. And, again, they gave them extensions to their contracts. And now you're stuck. And now you're stuck. I don't have the answers. You better hope Dennis Allen does. All right, you're listening to Inside New Orleans. I am your host, Eric Asher. Uh, our guest list today includes Les East at He's coming up at 435. Followed by Maddie Hudak, who will talk Tulane and Saints with us at 515. John Hendricks talks Saints uh, at uh, 535. Don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank, if you need service, my friends at Burkhardt are there for you. A Burkhardt employee will answer the phone during uh, business hours and after hours. They offer you after hours service as well. Uh, they'll be there on the weekends. They'll be, there on, they'll, be, and they'll be there after hours. And they'll be there with 15 trucks in the field and a 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home or business. They have state certified technicians. To do the continuing education, to keep up with the latest when it comes to HVAC systems. And of course, the honesty and, resp- and again, uh, the honesty is what sets Burkhardt apart. Uh, treating your home like their home. Uh, and, and of course, only doing the work that's necessary. Never gouge you, never cheat you. The peace of mind of knowing that Burkhardt truck pulls up in front of your home, they're going to take care of any issue you have with your air conditioning system looking for a company you can trust it's burkhart that's acpromise.com i trusted burkhart with my HA, my air conditioning system for 30 years you can as well that's acpromise.com that's acpromise.com we'll be right back
2: This report is sponsored by Macy's Backstage. What will you find at Macy's Backstage? Here's a hint. Fall fines for $25 and under, like sharp blazers, cozy sweaters, cargo pants, jackets, and more. Find the latest trends and new arrivals at a Macy's backstage store near you.
1: Accident cleared, but we are still seeing slowing on eastbound Crescent City connection Lafayette to the I-10 merge is 36 minutes. The accident right before the Superdome exit uh, stop and go from L- Lafayette right now, and those HOV lanes taking about 20 minutes. Westbound I-10, read to the flyover, 15 minute ride. Stop and go between Orleans and uh, the Claiborne flyover. Eastbound 610 Metairie to New Orleans East, running about. 12 minutes i'm michael higgins new orleans funeral and cremation service traffic center traffic is brought to you by da exterminating proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years don't let this happen to your largest investment call
4: da exterminating now we're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster
0: called termites call da now or visit us on the web at
4: DAexterminating.com.
0: Ken Trahan inviting you to join me on Nash Icon 1061 FM, Wednesday, October 4th from 6 to 7 p.m. at Signet Landing Restaurant, 450 Laracini Street in West Wego, with former Saints tight end Josh Hill. Great food and prizes, October 4th, Signet Landing Restaurant, Nash Icon 1061 FM. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Don't forget about my friends over at Dave Miet Insurance, a full-service independent insurance agency. since 1958 auto, home, life, health, business, commercial policy, serving the entire metropolitan area. East Bank, West Bank, North Shore, South Shore, even the river parishes where Dave Miet Insurance was born. They're your one-stop, uh, one-stop specialist when it comes to insurance. And, of course, again, can search over 50 companies to get you the best price uh, for your policy. If you're looking for a company you can trust with your insurance, it is my friends at Dave Miet Insurance. Uh, call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or d-a-v-e-m-i-l-o-e-t-i-n-s-agency.com all right joining us in the program now is les east from crestcitysports.com and saturday down south les welcome how are you my friend
6: doing well eric how are you
0: doing great before we get started tell the folks about where folks can find you and also again how about your fantastic book how they can uh, acquire that as well
6: yeah thanks Eric uh, as you mentioned crescentcitysports.com i uh, posted on the uh, saints game on Sunday, and I've uh, been doing a, a lot of Saint stuff, but also some college stuff, and we'll have pelicans coming up beginning next week. Uh, speaking of LSU, com. I've had a lot of LSU stuff there as well. And as for the book, it's called Donkeys, Elephants, and Giraffes. It's a uh, political novel about uh, about. Politics and the media, and sports, and uh, it's available at all the major online platforms, Amazon.com and uh, BarnesandNoble.com, etc.
0: Uh, first question is: uh, Traquan Smith was released today from injured reserve. Do you anticipate him being back, brought back uh, on, on the practice squad, or again, do you think his time in New Orleans is done?
6: Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that, so I would think that there's a pretty good chance he'll be back on the practice squad, though I, I don't know that for sure. Uh, but he's a guy they've always uh, felt pretty good about. He's had an uh, inconsistent career. Um, probably contributed more as a blocker than a receiver, though he's had some, some big catches and some big moments over the years. Um, so, I, you know, he he's always been a guy that they've liked and they've always found room for. So I would suspect that he will be back in some capacity, but we'll have to wait and see.
0: Les, the big story this week, the Achilles heel for this team thus far through the first three weeks of the season has been the play of the offensive line. Uh, look, I just went through a monologue on the offensive line. I talked about how much money they're making. Again, the, the, what, what was, what was uh, invested in them in terms of draft picks, doubling down with, with extensions to contracts, when, when, when they the Saints can get out of the contracts. you know, There's some dummy years for, for multiple linemen. Again, next year, I mean, I'll, I'm sorry, potential outs for, for linemen next year they can get out, but it's going to be like almost $100 million in dead money. So that's, that's a pipe dream. Uh, my, my question to you is you saw every practice. You saw this team going up against the Saints defense line. Uh, did, did you see, again, the, what we're seeing now, the breakdowns with the twist and, and the stunts and the unable to pick up blitzes and getting physically manhandled, the inability to protect the passer, the inability to open up holes for the running game, as, again, you went through all those practices during training camp?
6: Well, I think uh, most observers of training camp would have said that on balance, the defense got the better of the offense, and that started up front. And so, yeah, there were some signs of that. I did not see any red flags going up that told me that the defensive line would be as big a liability as it has been for these first three games. Uh, part of that is because, you know, practice doesn't always translate into games when you're you're watching training camp. So looking back on it, I would say maybe that should have been a red flag, but it wasn't to me at the time. But I agree with you that the the offensive line is certainly the biggest concern right now, especially in pass blocking. But the run blocking hasn't been great either. Now we'll you know, Alvin Kamara comes back this week, and at some point we assume they're going to have Alvin Kamara and Derek Carr out there together and that will make everybody's job a little bit easier. So you know, I think there's still hope that this can be a functional offensive line on a pretty good offense, but there, it, there's a long way to go before we get to that point.
0: Doug Marone is one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL. He's done on the collegiate level. He's done on the, on the NFL level. Uh, Jerry Evans is, is going to be a Hall of Famer. And, and, and just his institutional knowledge of how to play the position, you, you would think, again, uh, could this be coaching?
6: Well, I don't know. I, I wouldn't think so because of what you just said about the track record of the the two guys responsible for this. Um, you know, the, they've had some injuries on the offensive line over the years, uh, and the, there's been a lack of continuity. But for the most part, they had everybody together. Uh, during training camp, except for Andrus Pete. And um, it, it's just not there yet. And uh, so I don't know that you can put your finger on one thing, but I don't think you can absolve any one area from blame either. It's It's got to be on the individual players. It's got to be on the coaches to some degree. And and perhaps the the, the play calling and the scheming isn't as designed as well as it could be for what the limitations and strengths of this group of offensive linemen is.
0: This offensive line has been injured, and you just said it. Trevor Penning last year. Ramshack again, looks like a shell of what he once was when he was drafted in 17. Ruiz injured. Uh, out with a concussion again now. McCoy's been injured. Hurst, Pete. I mean, you look across the board. This has been a very injured offensive line over the last few years. Is that part of the issue we're here seeing here? Have these players regressed because of injury, that they're not the same players they were when they were drafted or even again in their first few years in the league? Just am I'm 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 picking at straw. I'm pulling for anything at this point. I'm trying trying to find answers.
6: Well, that that could be part of it. I, I think in the, probably in Ramchek's case, there's some truth to that. I mean, he was one of the best tackles in the NFL. I think he's still a good tackle, but he's you know got some chronic injury issues. He doesn't practice uh, all that often during the season because of the toll it could take on his body, and so he's. He's not the player that he was when he first came into the league, and I think that's primarily, if not exclusively, due to injury issues. I'm not sure that's the case with anybody else except perhaps Anfis Pete, who's been around, I believe, longer than anybody else on the offensive right. line. And, uh Yeah, so I think the accumulation of, of health issues uh, could be something that has uh, forced him to, to regress at some point, but like I said before, I, I think there there are a multitude of factors, and that the injuries over the years would be one of those. Uh, but I think there's more to it than that, and it, and it, it comes down to all the individuals involved in this. And uh, you know, one of the things that we see league wide is a tremendous lack of quality, depth, in offensive linemen. It's true on almost every NFL team. Mm -hmm. So when you do get injuries and you have to go to a backup at any position, there tends to be a bigger drop-off than there might be at some other positions. But that's not the issue here.
0: I mean, again, Ruiz went out this past week. Pete comes in. He's he's almost a starter, right? You flip Hurst to his spot. This has not been injuries. This has been, again, getting either outplayed out physical or again mentally not handling your assignments and and for a team look these guys are uh, with the exception of, uh, of a again, Guinness. Uh, when you look at 2017, you look at again the, the wear and tear on his body. I, I get that, but Ruiz first round, uh, 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 Ramshack first round pick at 17. Ruiz first round pick at 19. McCoy second round pick at 20. But their first overall pick, uh, Pete first round pick at 15, and, and again Penning first round round pick at 22. These guys should should be in their prime, coming together. Only maybe person that that maybe you could look at and say that's kind of broken down, as you mentioned, is Ramshack. The the, the rest. This, I mean, these guys have been in the league long enough where they should be coming into their prime now.
6: Yeah, they should be. But I, I don't think you can say that about Penning yet because he missed his Agreed. rookie season. Agreed. This is, what, fifth, sixth start coming up? Right. Really, like it's his that. first year. Right. Yeah. So, He's a rookie. You know, And that's left tackle. That, that's a spot. You have breakdowns at left tackle, and there are going to be cracks throughout the entire offensive line because of that. And then, you know, Ruiz has I think shown marginal improvements since he came into the league, but he, he's far behind what they thought he would be. And uh and I think the absence of Alvin Kamara makes it a little easier on defenses mm-hmm. to uh crowd the line of scrimmage because they don't have the threat of him uh, for the last three weeks. We'll see what happens on Sunday when he comes back. So, you know, again, I I just think it's a lot of little things. that are not excuses. They're just factors that go into this. And I think the the least experienced person being at left tackle and the uh, drop-off from some of the veteran players and a lack of continuity and the absence of your best playmaker On offense, I I think all of that factors in, but I'm Mm -hmm. still not sure that I I fully understand why they're as bad as they've been for these first three games, because especially in the pass protection, they've just been awful.
0: Right. Right. And, And let me ask this question. Okay. We know that Breeze got the ball out quickly. We know that Breeze made the line calls. We know that Breeze, again, it was a different offense with, as does he toward, again, the end of his career, he was dinking and dunking, but he had, he made new to the pre-snap Breeze and got the ball out quickly. This offense is kind of predicated on trying to get downfield more. So that means Carr's got to hold the ball longer because, again, the the, the, uh, the routes take longer to be able to complete, right? Is that part of the issue with this team, the inability to be able to hold those blocks for, for again, as long as you need to be able to allow the offense to Open up, and then I'll, I'll, I'll throw a caveat in there. Is this a progression in the NFL where we're seeing the better athletes now on the defensive line, and with bigger, stronger, faster players there? That again, that, that maybe this offensive line can't handle that at this point.
6: Well, I think that's been a trend in the NFL for for quite some time, and so yeah, that, that could be a factor. But I, I think there has been uh, some elite athletes in on the defensive front for years in which the Saints offensive line with a lot of these players has held its own. So uh, I'm not sure how big a factor that is, but it could be a factor. I think that as far as getting the ball down the field, I think that may be a factor in isolated plays. But, you know, I think if you look at these last two games, especially now the play where Carr got hurt, you know, Dennis Allen said he probably held the ball a little too long. They were trying to get the ball down the field on that play. But most of these last two games, they've been dinking and dunking the whole time. They've been throwing five-yard crossing routes and even had trouble getting those off with the pass rush. So I, I don't think that they've been asking the offensive line to hold their blocks significantly longer on a consistent basis. So I don't think that explains the overall problem, though I think it probably has contributed to some isolated plays.
0: Let me throw some names out at you. Uh, the free agency market is bare. Uh, Lyle Collins is coming off an injury. He's twenty-nine years old. Taylor Lewan, thirty-one years old. Gabe Jackson, thirty-one years old. Ben Jones, thirty-three years old. Eric Fisher, thirty-two years old. Jason Peters, forty-one years old. Now, again, that, those are tackles, guards, and centers. <laughs> kind of slim pickings out there right now.
6: Yeah, it is, and uh, you know, I, you know, the Leal Collins name, you know, jumped out when we saw that he was, uh, I think, basically cleared to, to to play. He doesn't have an employer right now, but I think health wise, it looks like he might be able to play here pretty soon. But what are you going to do? Are You going to bench Trevor Penning and further retard his progress? Are you going to bench Ryan Ramchek, who's probably your best offensive lineman still? Uh, I, I don't see anything you do with tackle other than try and maybe add to your depth. Now, on the interior, uh, certainly you have, uh, it would be easier, I think, to make a move on the interior uh, to try and upgrade it. But uh, that's one of the reasons you signed Max Garcia if, to see if he might be able to help out if right. he needed that. Obviously, they've not been terribly impressed. With him to this point. Now, Dennis Allen was asked about possible changes yesterday, and he didn't rule out personnel changes, which I think would be elevating somebody on the depth chart to start, mm-hmm. presumably on the interior. And his hand may be forced there if Ruiz doesn't get out of the concussion protocol in time. So uh, I, I don't see any anybody coming in from the outside right now, but I do see uh, potential for internal. Uh, maneuvering, especially at the garden center spots.
0: Les, I'm I'm grasping of the straws here. So let me let me ask this question: Is there a possibility that because of the new NFL with the lack of hitting, uh, that there is no continuity on this line? It's going to take a few more weeks for them to kind of come together.
6: Well, I don't think there's any doubt that the limitations in off-season and especially training camp practices, is making it difficult for teams to be physical at the point of attack and to run the ball well early in the season. But everybody's playing by the same rules. And I, I don't follow every team in the NFL closely enough to know if the problems the Saints are having or a league-wide trend If they are, then I think that would definitely be an explanation for that. But that would not be an explanation for why the Saints are struggling, unless that's something we're seeing from other teams. But there's no question that teams are less prepared to play football the way they want to play football at the beginning of the year because of the way they're forced to practice.
0: So in closing, uh, you didn't see this coming in training camp. Um, this This is kind of a it's kind of an enigma here because, again, the, the Saints are stuck. There's not a lot of players out there on, on, on the free agency market to come in and, and maybe augment what you have. For the most part, you're fairly healthy. Okay, it's not like, again, this is a bunch of injuries where you had to, in, in the past, we had to bring guys in off the street. You know, you're going to your third, fourth, uh, again, player. These are your starters for the most part. Um, and I guess the big question is, again, can they turn this around?
6: Well, I think they can. I, I think we need to keep in mind that, three games is a very small sample size. They've not had Alvin Kamara yet, and they we don't know when they will have Alvin Kamara and Derek Carr together at the same time. Right. So, uh, you know, offense takes 11 parts moving in sync, not just True. the five on the offensive line, though that's the place where the continuity is probably most delicate. So until they have a, a series of games With all of their weapons together, I don't think you can decide what the long-term prognosis is for this group. But I will say, after three weeks, it's worse than I think anybody expected. It's definitely a concern, but I think it's something that can get better. You just have to be patient and see what evolves during the coming weeks.
0: Les East is one of the senior members of, again, the uh, the, the sports reporting uh, group here in New Orleans. He's been covering, again, the Saints, LSU, and Tulane for a long time. Les, tell us about, again, how folks can find you on social media. Check out all your great articles and what you have coming up for us.
6: Yeah, thanks, Eric. And uh, well, coming up, uh, certainly I'll have uh, Pelicans uh, have Media Day on Monday. So there'll be some Pelican stuff coming up in the very near future. Certainly I write about the Saints every week. And uh, just to plant a seed for about a, a month or so down the road, I'm working on an in depth piece on JT Curtis as he's poised to become the winningest football coach at any level in the history of the United States. And that's probably going to happen the third week of October or maybe the fourth week of October. Uh, so po- folks can put that in the back of their minds, uh, CrescentCitySports.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Les underscore East.
0: Respect your opinion. Thanks so much for your time as always. Uh, look forward Look forward to having you back on the show. Thanks, Eric. There he goes, Les East. Look, Les didn't know what we were going to talk about. I just, you know, again, I threw it out there, offensive line. I mean, maybe he had a, had a clue. He had, Maybe he thought, I "Me, mean, I might go through Saints, LSU, and Tulane today. Didn't happen uh, because, again, the biggest question right, right now is, again, the Saints offensive line. Don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. If you need help with your AC system, a, again, whether it's after hours, again, during, again, the workday, Burkhardt has you covered. Fifteen trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call for they come to home with business. It's Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, a company i have trust for decades. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. We'll be right back. Hi, Eric Asher here with my good friend Mike Del of the TikTok Cafe. What'd you say, Eric? Hey, Mike, you know what my prescription medication and the TikTok Cafe have in common? What's that? Friend? They cause drowsiness, dizziness, nausea, cramps, diarrhea, blurred vision, muscle aches, gas, heartburn, upset stomach, constipation, weight changes, decreased sex drive, impudence, drive right, out, ringing finished? in the ears, depression. Oh, yeah, and suicidal thoughts. It's the TikTok Cafe. Cosmate I-10 in Metro.
3: High prices are affecting everyone in today's economy. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service is here to help. We're offering a complete funeral service cremation package for only $38.95. That's right, a complete funeral service followed by cremation for only $38.95 in our chapel. Give us a call at 504-218-5554 or start the process online with our convenient online arrangements at 3895. FuneralServiceCremation.com. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service celebrating life
2: this report is sponsored by macy's backstage what will you find at macy's backstage here's a hint fall fines for 25 dollars and under like sharp blazers cozy sweaters cargo pants jackets and more find the latest trends and new arrivals at a macy's backstage store near you
1: all right what we're seeing right now eastbound crescent city connection still taking 41 minutes from Lafayette to the I-10 merge, and those HOV lanes are 22 minutes right now. Westbound I-10 read to the flyover, stop-and-go flow, 14 minutes in that area, slow between Orleans and the Claiborne flyover. Uh, Seeing it slow also on six ten eastbound from the split in Metairie across the high-rise, taking about 21 minutes right now. I'm Michael Higgins from the New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. All
0: right. Hour number one in the books, hour number two coming up. I want to thank Les East for joining us in the program. If you missed the monologue in the first hour, you'll be able to catch that on our uh, on our podcast, which will be up about 30 minutes after the program. We broke down again the Saints offensive line. Well, again, how much money they are there on the books for, and of course, other offensive linemen that are out there. So if you missed any in the first hour, you can get that on the podcast. Coming up in hour number two, we'll be joined by Matty Hudak, right out the box, and then of course we'll finish up with John Hendricks. I'm Eric Asher. We'll be right back. We've been back operating almost two months now. Yeah, and your signs just say, sorry, we're back open. Stop. Come on. So, what do you think about the new paint job and the repaved parking lot? I think you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a. All right, enough is enough. The TikTok Cafe, open 24 7 at the intersection of Causeway and I 10 in Metairie. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or a beautiful courtyard. Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Contractors, time of the runaround when you need an insurance quote. you talking to me
2: you talking to me you talking to me
0: what we've got here is failure to
2: communicate stick to the truth it's what you're good at
0: Kind of party. I like this kind of party,
5: baby.
0: Are you ready? Are you ready? Now here's our man, Eric Asher. two of Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until six, four to six weekdays right here on 106.1 FM NASH Icon on your radio dial. Don't forget about, again, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio, our digital platforms, ericasher.com and also uh, you can join us at um, um, the uh, website for um, 106.1. Of course, it's uh, nashfm106.1.com our podcast is everywhere. Apple, Spotify uh, are our home base. but on all podcasting platforms. And, of course, our social media platforms include at Eric underscore Asher X, Eric Astro on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram, and now on Threads. Uh, breaking news, Brooke Robinson, uh, again, one of the uh, greatest uh, baseball players in the history of the game, has died at 86, made 18 All-Star appearances um, uh, in his 23 years with the uh, Baltimore Orioles, Uh, Hall of Famer, again, dies at 86. Saints have released um, Traquan Smith uh, from the practice squad. Uh, If he clears waivers, the Saints will at that point be able to bring him back. Uh, I'm not sure if that's in the cards there. Trevor Simeon signs with the Jets today on their practice squad with, again, Derek Carr injured. I had expected the Saints to maybe go after a veteran quarterback. I thought Sidney might be one of the guys they go after considering he had been with this team, he knows the system, and would be a guy that could step in, even though again Derek Carr's injury is not supposed to be serious. A sprained A C joint. is gonna come down to again mobility, uh his ability to be able to handle the pain and also his accuracy and his ability to throw the ball. Okay. I mean again, we saw this with Drew Brees, right? He missed one game, uh, but again, when he came back, he wasn't the same player. He wasn't able to deliver the ball as deep as he was previously. Uh, is this going to be something that's going to linger all year long? And then, of course, again, you have to worry about something we talked about in the, with the in the first hour. Consistently was again the offensive line. You know, uh, you know, even if he's feeling better and and, and he starts to heal, get uh, thrown to the ground and get hit constantly, uh, then that's that is an issue. Okay, and it's going to be an issue with him, no matter who's the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. I'm sorry. Again, they don't, have, they don't have, again, the mobility to see with other teams. Uh, they've gone with basically the drop-back passer uh, that, again, is becoming uh, extinct in the NFL now. Uh, so it is what it is. Uh, I don't know how to put my finger on what's wrong with this offensive line. All I know is, again, I went through, the, I went through it in depth in the first hour. I went through, again, what these guys are making. Uh, what it's going to take to get out of their contracts, of course, where they were drafted, the, the Saints doubling down on those players, giving them a second contract. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about, again, that uh, defensive linemen are more athletic. Again, they're, they're stronger, bigger, faster, and in some cases better than the bigger, stronger, bigger, faster than the offensive linemen. Um, uh, but that is, a, again, a league-wide thing. And, and, and other teams are not having the issues that the Saints are having right now in terms of protecting the pass and open up the, uh, the uh, holes for the running game. And I said it in the first hour, if you think Alvin Kamara's coming and he's going to be the savior, uh, please, okay? He still needs daylight. He still needs the ability to, again, uh, the quarterback still needs the ability to be able to have time to throw the ball to him. So, you know, it is what it is right now. And, I, again, getting manhandled and pancaked by linebackers and defensive linemen, that doesn't bode well for this team uh you know especially when you look at guys that have been together for as long as them as i said before and and less at least made the point yes penning is a rookie the rest of those guys have played a lot of football collectively and individually so that they should not be having these issues they're having right now but this is the achilles heel of the team as i mentioned kicking specialist you can again you can go to the waiver wire, and you'll be able to pick up a punter or a kicker if those guys cannot get the job done. Offensive linemen are difficult. I went through again what's out there. There's not much. You want to lie Collins? Okay. Anybody that's out there right now, again, there's an issue. There's an issue. So I don't have the answers, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't. And... Uh, we can break down film. We can look and see what's going on. We can make conjecture about, about what we think is going on. But at the end of the day, uh, Doug Marone didn't forget how to coach. Jerry Evans didn't forget about how to play offensive line. Again, both those guys are, are coaching this, this offensive lineman. Maybe, again, I mentioned that Derek Carr might be holding the ball a little bit longer because, again, maybe they're trying to get downfield. But at the same time, again, let's even mentioned. They dinked and dunked for the last two games. Maybe it's the fact that, again, that you don't get the, 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 the physicality that you used to get with an NFL uh, training camp. But, I mean, my, my gosh, this is the three, week three. You should be better, not getting worse. And you get your quarterback hurt. You know, the guy you paid $150 million to. That's supposed to be the savior for this team. And, again, one of the things you thought you had was an offensive and defensive line. You say, well, set there. You're not. At least not now you're not. Maybe this changes over time. Again, maybe these guys are gonna be injuries have just taken their toll over them over the last few years and not the same players they were when they were drafted or they got their first contracts. We know that for Ramshack for sure, right? But I mean Ruiz is getting pancaked, McCoy's getting pancaked, Penny's getting getting abused, Pete's getting abused, Hearst getting abused, I mean, it's across the board. I mean, you brought in Landon Young last week as, uh, again, as an extra offensive lineman in the jumbo package. You didn't put him on Penning side. You put him on Ramshank's side, and he still got beat. So it's an issue, ladies and gentlemen. And I said, all those dreams of playoffs and division championships and, again, winning season, they go down the drain if you don't have a good offensive line. And there's been too much capital, both draft capital and, again, contractual obligations to, again, these offensive linemen on this team for them not to be better than they are. So we can sit here and pontificate about it all we want, but at the end of the day, something's got to change here, and it's not going to be the linemen because there's nobody to go to. Something going again. In, uh, something inside that organization has got to change. These guys have to come out and start playing like a cohesive unit. All the season is done, even after three games, because they're not going to beat any 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 contending team. They're going to have a tough time beating the NFC South with this offensive line the way it's playing right now. All right, let's head to the guest line. Tulane getting ready to jump into conference play. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I think when you look at the group of five, and I know the national media pundits are out there, and they're, and they're, they're, they're down on Tulane. I think Tulane was like 32nd, 33rd, something like that in the, uh, in, the, uh, in, in the polls this week, and I'm looking at it going, come on, are you kidding me? Uh, Tulane getting ready to jump into the conference play against UABs. 11 o'clock kickoff at, at Yellman on Saturday. And this is the beginning. Again, this is where they start stacking wins and they get back into the top 25, start moving up uh, up the rankings get in a chance to be able to get into that, again, the, the, the championship game and then, of course, a New Year's Six Bowl. Those are the goals. And they're still right in front of Tulane. Breaking it down for us, uh, again, uh, uh, before the whistle podcast host and also Tulane sideline reporter Matty Hudak joins us on the program. Matty, how are you? I'm doing well.
3: Looking forward to conference play starting this weekend.
0: Uh, it, it's it's a big one, and you're starting off again with a, with a team traditionally has been a pretty good team in, in the American Athletic Conference. A little bit down now again. I think again, uh, uh, we only won one game this year so far. Um, uh, g- g- give me your thoughts on 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 UAB and Tulane coming into this game.
3: I think this is really when you start to see what a lot of teams are are made of. I just think there's so many teams that have so much staff turnover. When you look at UAB, they have new coordinators, they have a new head coach. So you can't really look at last year's tape. And then, you know, they're out there playing Georgia, really tough opponent to really go against. So I think this is probably one of the games that they'll be looking to find their identity in. And I would say that, you know, they have a pretty decent passing offense. And so the secondary will definitely have a good test for Tulane. But I mean, you saw history be made on Saturday with Michael Pratt under center and, you know, with a little bit of a, ham, a hamper on with a brace at that. He was still able to kind of move around and throw touchdowns when he needed to. And I just think that this is a really, you know, both teams are looking to come out and kind of make a statement against each other.
0: You know, Manny, I can't remember Tulane being a 21-point favorite over, over UAB. Um, can you? I mean, again, obviously, again, the odds makers believe that Tulane is a much better team than UAB going into this game.
3: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's just a lot of you know, things this season, and you consider what Tulane's already kind of had to go through adversity-wise, losing Corey Platt in the season opener, losing Michael Pratt for two games in the season opener, having to go to Hattiesburg. And I thought, again, Kai Horton had a really good performance, and then you have Michael Pratt back, but there are little other points of the team that struggled a little bit. But all in all, I think that Tulane's really getting the accolades that it deserves early on in the year, rankings aside, like you said, Vegas betters, they're looking at something else than the voters seem to be. But I just feel like last year it was kind of like we were screaming from the rooftop that Tulane was a team worth paying attention to. And even after the Kansas State win, they didn't get that much attention. A little bit more after the Houston game with Kai Horton. But it was really, you know, towards the final stretch of conference play that people really started to kind of take notice of Tulane. So the fact that it is happening this early on just goes to show, I mean, they are the defending uh, champions.
0: Yes. And, and look, a good team. I've got to tell you, holding my breath every time Michael, Michael Pratt took off to run last week. Um, his accuracy was a little bit off early, but again, he, he obviously rebounded with a really good game before he was replaced by Horton. Um, his mobility, talk a bit about it again. Uh, do you, uh, you, were, you were there. You, you had a closer look. Talk about it last week and how he looked.
3: It's, I mean, obviously going to be something where if you have something that's immobilizing your knee to a certain degree, I don't know how much, but, you know, there are kind of those bar-looking things over. it. It's going to affect the way that you're just moving around in general. Um, I thought that, if anything, he did a much better job of getting to the ground. Um, That might be a byproduct of the fact that he, you know, has a leg that's a little hurt and has to run a little more awkwardly, I guess, and then you can't really slide with that brace on, but having that awareness to, you know, not take kind of those needless hits once he takes off and runs. Uh, Obviously, like, the pressure to kind of hold up a little more back there. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, as much, you know, none of those were designed runs for Michael Pratt. It's just kind of the coverage wasn't there. And he just kind of, you know, rather than throw more than one interception, kind of just decides to take off. And you're not going to be able to tell someone like Michael Pratt to not, do that. And even if you do, he probably won't listen when he's staring, you know, down a third down and just looking to get that down marker. if you get in a real true competitor like Pratt? And I, I thought, again, it's just a question of getting used to feeling that way. But it, you know, like you said, it was a little off in terms of his accuracy. I think, you know, it's fair enough to say there's a tad Russ there. And I think just getting your footwork set with that kind of brace on compared to being able to move around more freely. And I just think that live game reps can't be replaced.
0: Yeah, 18 for 23 last week, 190, uh, two touchdowns, uh, one interception, nine for 33 in terms of his rush of his rushing, and, and of course, as you mentioned, no design real runs for him yesterday. That, that was just him getting out of the pocket, trying to make something happen. Again, uh, uh, hopefully, again he heals quickly. But even if he doesn't, again, uh, again, hope that's not going to hamper him going into the season. I do want to talk about the running back position because I really, again, looking at this, you know, Barnes really played well in, in his opportunity last week against Nichols. Hughes has been the best. Back on the team, in my opinion, Clayton Johnson is a nice uh, change of pace. But I again, uh, Willie Fritz seems to be wanting to still go with running back by committee. Do you think now we're getting into conference play, we will see more of Hughes carrying the rock?
3: I, I think you're still going to see a little bit by committee, and he was pretty candid about that today in, in you know the media where he said, "I, I know that everyone kind of wants his answer, but you know to be honest, they're still kind of evaluating that." And I just don't think there's really any need to brush things in terms of that and i think you've seen you know each back have a, a strong game i think Mekhi Hughes is probably you know he's been the most consistent and the, if i had to kind of make a, a pyramid that would kind of probably be my top one because he also is a good pass protector but they ran less running plays than the first three game uh the first yeah the first three games um first game i believe was 37 45 in Ole Miss, 38 southern myth and then 28 in this game, nine of those were the scrambles by Michael Pratt. So I think a lot of that, again, was chasing the touchdown record. you got to throw the passes in order to do so, and getting his, again, his whatever rust need need be shaken off, I think that was a little more of importance in that game rather than trying to evaluate that role. But it was really nice to see someone like Arnold Barnes kind of spit out towards the end. It does offer, in terms of game planning, if you're an opponent, you genuinely don't know kind of, what their mm-hmm. deal is going to be at running back. And I think there is a level of, you know, there is a strategic element to that. But I think they're still in that evaluation period. But these guys, I think, still, when you look at the fact, I think Charlie Clayton Johnson only had three carries in that game, mm-hmm. you know, it's not really enough to see anything out of that. But I think every time you've seen Arnold Barnes go in there, he just has that vision and burst. And really, it just, again, offers something, I think, in between the tackles. And as I said, the quarterback competition for the Saints. I enjoy the due diligence portion. and I really think Tulane's just making sure they do that.
0: Right. Um, I think we all knew they were going to have a really good defense at, at Tulane. The first two levels, I think we were convinced that we didn't know about the, the, the plat injury, which would affect them. i got to tell you right now, the safety position has played really well. Defensive backs have played really well. It's been a pleasant surprise this season thus far. Your thoughts?
3: I very much agree. I've made that a point of emphasis in my podcast now. Two weeks running, just the some of the coverage plays I saw Bailey Dispaney make at Southern Miss were really incredible range, his ability to come from you know the middle of the field and really just carry those receivers off or shade over the top. But something that I had brought up when myself and Corey Gore did the pro day coverage for Tulane on ESPN plus. We were interviewing Willie Fritz, talking about Lemmy Young and Larry Brooks and how much they offered in stopping the run and their downfield tackling ability. And that was really something that they knew it was going to be a point of emphasis heading into the season. I think, to me, what's been equally pleasant as a surprise is just how hungry all, all of them have been. D.J. Douglas, Darius Swanson, they've all really just been eager to do so and take good angles in space. I mean, the amount of takeaways that the defensive backs have, and they're really in critical moments. You've just seen them all offer so much on and off the field. You know, I saw D.J. Douglas... At really helping out Darius Swanson, who was just kind of down on himself after allowing a completion, after the blown play that allowed it that touchdown against Nichols. Lance Robinson and them were kind of just conducting the sideline meeting and still would not, hadn't even gotten over there yet, and you know, drawing the plays up on the whiteboard. So it's been super impressive to me, just the focus and determination by that group. And I mean, to have four interceptions by your defense in general, but they had seven pass breakups against Southern Miss, several more in this game by the defensive backs. And I think that, you know, he's quietly talked a lot more about the linebackers replacing Nick and Dorian and then replacing Corey Platt, but Larry Brooks and Lemmy Young and Macon Clark at that to put Cam Pettislow in there as well. He, to me, has been such a solid piece that came in extremely late and it has been nothing short of critical to that defense.
0: Yeah, and it really again. It's been a pleasant surprise that defense has really played well. Really, the has played well across the board. Again, I say it again. They have Michael Pratt. They beat Ole Miss. They're undefeated. They're they're probably close to the top ten right now. They're gonna have to work their way back up. But it starts this week against UAB. All right, I do want to shift gears before we let you go. Been asking again the reporters on the program today about the offensive line. You were at every practice. You saw this team practicing against their defense. Uh, did you have any inkling that this offensive line would have the Struggles they're having right now in weeks one, two, and three, based on what you saw during training camp.
3: Uh, no, I mean, I. It, I'm I'm like glitching a little bit here because I feel like everyone saw it almost as like the elephant in the room, where it, we kind of quietly talked about they didn't really perform well in the preseason. What's kind of the depth going on behind every single position, and then you know, Andres Pete goes out and James Hurst, who previously played left tackle last season, now playing left guard in lieu of Andres Pete. And then, to me, Trevor Penning has really been the one that's shown at least improvement throughout three games. Uh, And that's really what you'd be looking to see from him. But that game was just, you know, Ryan Ramchick didn't have a good game. Eric McCoy didn't. None of them had a good game, but they haven't really had great games all year long either. And, you know, Derek Hart has been sacked 11 times. He's been hit. Six times and and hurried six on top of that. I went and looked back at Andy Dalton's numbers from last year and it was something like four or so, uh, three to four pressures a game for him and and Derek Carr is over seven and being sacked, you know, four times a game, unfortunately was kind of leading to that injury but you're not being able to really evaluate the running backs at all and the good thing at least for that is you have Alvin Kamara coming back but you hope that they put him out in space because the O-line just, you know, for the amount of capital they've invested should be performing a lot better and it's hindered the whole offense
0: it really is again been the Achilles heel of this team thus far and again I went through it in depth in the first hour you know from contractual obligations to draft capital that you put up for these guys the fact that again the majority of them have been playing together for the last few years we should not be in this position right now in terms of the offensive line playing this bad
3: no and the other thing I will say too in that game is there was a point where I believe it was Cesar Ruiz who got hurt, and so then you had Andres Pete going into left yes. guard, James Thurston at right guard, and you can see the value of the versatility that those guys offer. But it's a question of you know, is are they all kind of in the right spot? Is Andres Pete worth taking a look, perhaps trying him out at that left guard role? But it just felt like the the, the whole unit hasn't been playing in, in concert really whatsoever. But it's hard to ignore the amount of turnover on the left side of the line in tandem with. Yes, they've played together, but they've had a different quarterback for the last three Mm -hmm. seasons now and and more than one during a season at that, so there's something to be said about that. But all in all, it's still not enough to show what we've kind of seen through these first three games.
0: No doubt about it. It's got to get better. Manny, thanks for the time. Tell everybody about your fantastic podcast. Of course, uh, again, uh, where they can catch the game on Saturday as well and how they can follow you on social
3: media. Absolutely. Um, before the whistle, it's on Apple, YouTube, and Spotify. to did break down Michael Pratt's historic night. And, you know, just some of the things that Tulane could look to improve heading into conference play, and those drop on Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, everything's always on Twitter, at Matty Hudak, underscore 9-4, including the information for this weekend on one of your, where you can stream the game. It's on Varsity Network, 2 Athletics, Athletics, SiriusXM. Uh, but we will be back on 104.1, the spot, after briefly switching last weekend. Uh, and that game is at 11, with our pregame coverage is always starting at 10.
0: Thanks so much for your time. We'll check in with you next week. Appreciate it as always.
3: Awesome, thanks, Eric. Roll wave.
0: There she goes uh, again, uh, Maddie Hudek, and roll wave is right. All right, uh, I'm just I'm just a little, little uh, uh, let me just a little do a quick out here before before I head to uh, to our break. Uh, change the subject quickly. I got to tell you right now, I'm, I'm doing my research last night and you know trying to get together for this uh, for my monologue on the uh, on the offensive line and. Man, while I'm doing the research, something pops up on my on my screen, and it, and it's about the uh, about Utah, uh, the Utah basketball team known as the Jazz. <laughs> You know, I've talked about in the past, again, You know, I, I hate to see the original Jazz uniform on, on, on the Utah players. I mean, that was born in, in, in New Orleans. The concept was from New Orleans. You know, the quarter note with the purple, green, and gold on the inside. You know, the Jazz across the top. We used to have New Orleans there. I mean, that that, that classic first, again, New Orleans uh, a logo and jersey that was here from 74 to 79, to 79 uh, during the expansion years of the team before they moved to Utah. I, I I didn't realize it, but it is. It's gonna be the fiftieth year in twenty twenty four of of the jazz franchise. And to pay homage to again the, the, the uh inaugural season of the jazz, they're coming back with the new with again the old jazz uniforms. Whew. Very frustrating, okay, for someone that again feels like they're 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 well, um NBA franchise was ripped away from them you know, when you were a teenager. You know, you don't you just don't get over that, right? I mean, you just don't get over it. I mean, I'm 63 years old. And I'm still not over that, right? Still, today. Okay, Wish that, again that, that Tom Benson could have gotten the the nickname back uh, when he tried when he offered a million dollars to get it again when when he bought the franchise it was also again money that was offered uh, you know again uh, when uh, Shin brought the franchise to New Orleans to change back to the Jazz and of course they balked they balked now they they seem to get rid uh, we're getting away from the original Jazz logo and going again with something a little bit different but now they're bringing it back and we'll be seeing that those longtime, old school New Orleans basketball fans that were here for the jazz uh we'll start to see those jazz uniforms the old jazz uniforms coming back in utah and it's making me sick it's making me sick gotta be honest with you all right you know what doesn't make me sick talking about my friends at burkhard air conditioning and heating uh, generator sales and service i said it before, I'll say it again I've made a lot of investments in my home In the seven years that we've been here In Jefferson Paris since we purchased our home uh, You know, again, i talked about the shutters That we have, the hurricane shutters Again, uh, they enhance the beauty of our home uh, And again, of course, again, they protect our home You know, the new roof that our friends Over at um, Suburban Roofing and Siding Put on a- after Ida uh, You know, we've made some improvements in the home Again, since, since we've got here We're still making improvements today but the one thing that, again, that is the, most, is the best investment that I've ever made in this home is a Generac generator from Burkhardt. Hands down. Yes, look, a close second is the amount of heat pump that, that, again, Burkhardt installed for us that keeps our, 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 our home cool and it keeps our energy bills down. But this generator has been a lifesaver. I can't tell you how many times the power has gone out in my neighborhood since we've had this generator installed in our home. Uh, I, I mean, again, it's over and over again. Uh, the peace of mind of knowing that if a tropical event happens, we can either evacuate, don't have to worry about re- uh, uh, emptying out the refrigerator in the freezer or having all that spoiled food that we had in the past. Or, again, we can stay if we'd like. Or, again, we can come back quicker because we know we have power, even again, if, the, if the parish doesn't have power. And then, of course, the everyday problems that we're having right now with the electrical grid, where, again, anytime, anywhere, again, in the middle of a storm or middle of a beautiful, sunshiny day, your power can go out. I've seen them here in my neighborhood constantly. And the Generac generator kicks in. At Burkhardt, they offer you, again, an opportunity with Generac to be able to finance that over time. They'll give you a new install quality check. They take care of everything for you. Planning, permits, inspections. The whole process is taken care of by, by Burkhardt. Jason Burkhardt will sit down with you, do a consultation, find out what you're looking for in terms of general. If you've done the research that you should have, right? And it just comes down to, again, how much generator do you need to power up your home or business? You guys come to an agreement. They'll come out. They'll install that generator for you. They'll offer you emergency service. They'll offer you maintenance service. They have a warehouse fully stocked with all the parts you need. And they have generators right now ready to be installed in your home or business in their warehouse in Mandeville. At Burkhart Air-, Air Conditioning, Heating, as I mentioned, they handle everything for you. Again, permits, planning, inspection. And, of course, you'll increase your property value. You'll have that peace of mind of knowing, that, again, when the power goes out of your neighborhood, your power stays on. Whether you work it from home, whether you have a situation, whether you have a medical issue, again, we swear again, you need to have the power on, or again, you just yeah, you, know, you have a family and look, you don't have time for the power to go out. Make the investment. Call my friends at Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating. Looking for a generator for your home or business? It's Burkhardt. That's ACPromise.com. That's ACPromise.com. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the best investment I've ever made in my home is a Generac generator from Burkhart. If you're interested, call my friends at Burkhart. Before you sign that contract and any other company out there, no. The experts when it comes to installation and, and maintaining a generator is Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com. That's ACpromise.com. We'll be right back. If you want a little soul with your country. Then you're with us. New Orleans country. From the classics to the songs that matter. Your country is on 106.1 Nash Icon. Or anytime at NashFM1061.com.
2: This report is sponsored by Macy's Backstage. What will you find at Macy's Backstage? Here's a hint. Fall finds for $25 and under. Like sharp blazers, cozy sweaters, cargo pants, jackets, and more. Find the latest trends and new arrivals at a Macy's backstage store near you. Still
1: seeing some problems for us. Elevated West Bank Expressway, eastbound Lafayette. Uh, Crescent City Connection is running really slow with a injury accident and 34 minutes from Lafayette to the I-10 merge. Stop and go traffic. Crescent City Connection eastbound between Whitney and I-10 as well. Westbound 610 from New Orleans East to Metairie taking about 10 minutes at this time. Also westbound I-10 read the flyover. Maybe a minute delay, much better now. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Traffic is brought to you by By DA Exterminating. Proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your
0: home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. You know, folks, as soon as my vehicle was out of warranty, I brought it over to Southern Tire. I've been bringing my vehicles to Southern Tire for over a decade. One of the reasons why, I'm not throwing my money away. I'm not going to spend money with the dealership when, again, I can go to Southern Tire. I got a locally owned and operated business, been around since 1972. It's family owned and operated. A member of the Piazza family on site every day, Tony Sr., Tony Tony Jr., Tony's daughter Jen, or Tony's wife. Again, ASC certified technicians, they're the same you get at the dealership. And diagnostic equipment that Tony Sr. decided a long time ago when he saw, again, that that uh, the engines and, and, and vehicles were changing and they were coming more computerized, going out and making that investment in the same diagnostic equipment your dealership. And I'll say it again, even more diagnostic equipment you get at your average dealership when it comes to wheels and tires. I only get my wheels and tires from, from my friends over at Southern Tire because they got the largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area, wheels and tires up to 30 inches, and, of course, something that will fit everyone's budget. And also, again, major brands as well. So, again, you choose the type of tire you want. You can finance it over time if you'd like. If you're looking for a set of rims or maybe your rims are damaged, they can repair those rims, or, again, they can offer you a new set of rims. Again, the, all, all the latest rims, uh, uh, styles, and colors are out there. And, of course, again, the Piazza family standing behind their work. They're open Monday. Monday through Friday from 8 to 6, Saturday from 8 to 3, 504-737-1558. It's Southern Tire. You want to find out more, go to southerntire.com. Or, again, again, uh, remember, open for you six days a week, and a member of the Piazza family will be on site for you if you, if you need help. That's, again, Southern Tire, Hickory & Airline in, in Memory, owned by the Piazza family since 1972. The TikTok Cafe and the heart of Metairie at Causeway and I-10 are better known as the intersection of diabetes and high cholesterol. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. Get ready to indulge your palate with the flavor it deserves. From blackened value duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill. 739 Conti in the heart of the fun 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily we know what you're missing in your kitchen Oceana Grill
1: who doesn't like the game of volleyball if you do join me this season at the Human Performance Center to watch the most exciting team in the Southland Conference go to UNOPrivateers.com to get your tickets today
0: alright welcome back to Inside New Orleans I'm your host Eric Asher thanks to Maddie Hudak for joining us in the program uh Now, John Hendricks joins us on the on the show. Does a great job covering the New Orleans Saints. John, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend?
4: Hey, appreciate you having me as always, Eric.
0: Always look forward to having you on the show. Tell the folks about everything you're doing. How folks can, can follow you with your video work, what you're doing in, ter- in terms of your writing. uh th- th- Tell us all all the spots they can find you.
4: Yeah, first and foremost, doing all the writing on Saints News Network, uh, part of Sports Illustrated Group on Fan Nation, and you can check that out, States. Media is the easiest way, or just go to si.com slash NFL slash saints. and then doing a lot of video work with them, but, you know, uh, primarily for Boot Crew Media, doing a lot of film study in these first few weeks. Um, so be sure to keep tuned to there, and uh, you'll get a little bit more inside knowledge and, and things with uh way things go this season.
0: And, and look, folks, I, I've said it, and I've said it on him on the on the show and off, and, and not on our show. I thought he, I think he's done a great job in covering the New Orleans Saints. His breakdowns on a daily basis for uh, for training camp, it felt like I was there. OK, I mean, it was, it was so thorough. And of course, his articles, the, the video, John has done a great job in covering the New Orleans Saints. I would I would, again, tell you if you if you want to get some great information, make sure you give him a follow and check out what he's doing. Uh, again, from video work to, again, his great writing. John, every every correspondent I've had on last two days, you know, what we're talking about we're talking about the offensive line. And and, and look, I've asked each one the, the same question you saw every every Saints practice. Uh, did you see a precursor to what we're seeing right now in terms of, again, the inability of this offensive line to protect the quarterback, open up holes for the running back? Were they being physically dominated by the Saints defensive line? Was there any inkling that we were going to see the type of play we've seen on this offensive line in the first three weeks of the season?
4: Yeah, I don't know that we would have had a precursor. I was worried more about the offensive line depth because, again, one of the things that I pointed out was you know, it wasn't a matter of, of if they went down, as a matter of when they went down. And, and, you know, look, some of the backups were uh, a little bit challenging and going up against guys like Carl Granderson and, and you know, Cam Jordan or uh, Peyton Turner, you know. Uh, so I, I, I think I felt good about him in the preseason. I just, you know, with everything that, that shaped out, I think the biggest question mark was, is Trevor Penning going to be ready for that left tackle spot and pass protection? And, look, I think he's gotten better as the games have gone on. But overall, you see the byproduct. I and mean, I know Dennis Allen said that Derek Carr had the ball a little bit too long on the play he got injured. But, man, you got 12 sacks through three games. It's not a good trend to have. And so they've really got to figure it out. And not just with the pass protection, but the run, you know, aside from Taysom Hill, there's there's only been two major plays I can call to mind outside of Taysom Hill. And that was the 19-yard uh, run by Tony Jones Jr. and the 10-yard one by Kendra Miller that – really has worked. I mean, they just haven't been able to generate run lanes. They haven't been able to, to pass protect. And, look, there's a lot of hands dirty in that. It's not just the players. It's the coaches, too. All
0: right. Let's talk about coaching because Marone and, and has been one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL for a long time, multiple stops. Uh, and then, of course, Evans is a guy that, again, is going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, again, uh, he knows the offensive line. He knows techniques. Uh, from a coaching standpoint, wh- wh- when you say coaching, what do you mean? Is this is this uh, is this a uh, situation with again the um, uh, uh, the the, with the the plays they're calling? Uh, you know who's who's out there. Uh, when you say coaching, uh, how's it? How's this on on the coaches?
4: Yeah, I think some of it is has to be the techniques. I think it has to be in film breakdown. I think there's just a lot that goes into it. It's not, and obviously they don't play the games, but you know, you got to be able to coach in the moment. You also got to be able to adapt in the moment. I mean, there's things along that line. And so, and I'm not saying that Marone and them are doing a horrible job. It's just that you've got to make sure that you, you've got to short up and, and look, the good news for fans out there, it's three weeks into the season, right? And Derek Carr did avoid a major injury. You know, that that's the good news on it, but you've got to get it figured out. And they've got long enough time to figure this out, but Look, you can't be uh having this, you know, when you're week 8 into the season or getting into December. They've got to figure this out now. And as far as the coaches, that's part of their job is to teach the teach the technique, coach them where they're going wrong in the pass protection, whether it's not getting the calls right, their feet set right. There's all sorts of things that coaches can do to help the players. Um so, you know, we'll see if they make the adjustments there.
0: As far as the um as the players themselves, okay? Um most of these players, penning aside, the other four played together. Okay? Uh, there should be continuity. Collectively and individually, they should be able to be handling twists and stunts and the blitzes. They should not be getting physically manhandled or pancaked by linemen or linebackers. We've seen them getting physically dominated. Uh, what, can you, what insight can you give us into the problems the offensive line is having and how they could
4: fix it? Yeah, look, I think what you have to look at for all three of these matchups, the common denominator is they've been playing three, four defenses. And for whatever reason, that's been a real challenge for this team. You know, Carolina was was no joke. Tennessee, we knew how how good their front seven was. And, you know, Green Bay was another example. And, look, they were down some players. But, you know, Kenny Clark's a special talent. You know, Um they lost to Vondre Campbell early. I mean, there's just things. And you look at the Carolina game that Brian Burns got hurt a little bit. And so – Look, I think it's been, that's part of the equation is the type of defense that they're playing against. And, you know, you got to be able to adapt and, and coach against that because you don't know when you're going to see one of these guys again in the postseason potentially. And, and so, uh, you know, you've got to figure that thing out. And, and so I, I think that's mostly my common denominator for now. And, and just, you know, overall, I think they made some adjustments, you know, down the line. But when you go from one quarterback to a different quarterback, the cadence changes, the tempo changes, the the timing, the release. There's just so much that that does change when you do lose your star quarterback and have to go to the backup. And so, look, I, and this is going to be Jameis Winston's game for sure on on Sunday. Um, and look, I they've got to get it right because you got Alvin back, and this is an offense going back to last year. They haven't put up 20 points in a game for what 11 straight games now.
0: Um. You, you you mentioned the, the the defenses they're playing against and three four uh, as maybe an issue and and I'm I'm trying as soon as you said that I'm trying to go through my, okay how many teams play three four in the league uh, and I I got to believe that's got to be at least half right
4: yeah I'd have to look at the numbers but I mean there's a lot more teams that are playing a three four in right. these days I mean before it was only a handful of teams and and look the yes. three four defense there's a lot of ways to confuse the offensive line if he's the quarterback. You have to have linebackers that can both rush the pass and be able to drop in coverage if you need to. Your first front three have to be stout against the run. And so, look, I think the defenses that we've seen, you know, you think about both of them, you know, Jeffrey Simmons or the uh, the Kitty mm-hmm. Clarks of the world. I mean, they've got the talent there. And, and again, I think the Titans is the toughest front they were going to face all season. But, you know, it hasn't gotten better uh, as we went along. I thought the Saints were going to be, you know, turned a corner uh, until Carr got hurt in that game. But you know, it's, it's unfortunate. But again, in a coaching staff, you got to figure that out. If it's Pete Carmichael, you got to figure it out. Dennis Allen, you got to chip in. It, it's going to take a collective effort. And like I said, it's one of those losses that everybody's got their hands dirty in it.
0: Yep. Um, when you when you look at at uh, the, you mentioned the quarterback position, um, you are of the opinion that they will rest Carr this week.
4: Yeah, look, I don't think he's going to play in this one, and and look, they they claimed or they signed Jake Luton off the practice squad for the Panthers, which is going to further support or the evidence is going to support that Carr might not play, and look, it's going to depend on how he feels because, you know, Drew Brees had a similar injury that he dealt with like that in Mm -hmm. 2014, and one of the things he said back then was, you know, he didn't practice all week, he felt good on Sunday, and so look, I don't think there's any rush for Derek Carr to come back, and I think that's the biggest thing is the Saints organization is going to take a cautious approach here. I don't think Tampa's all that hot, but again, it is a division game. There are True. some concerns, but you look at what the Eagles were able to do against them. I think the Saints defense can lock them down. The question is, can you put points up on the board? And, and with Jameis Winston and these toys that they have and the skills that they have, you got to be able to do that. And also, you get an the Camara back, so I think that's going to be a big boost, but Look, you know this is a, a, an area where I would be a little bit more cautious. You probably don't even need him in the next game against New England, but I think these are two very winnable games with or without Derek Carr in the lineup. Um, and so you just got to deliver.
0: What's the issue with clown Smith who was released today? Do you believe he's going to be brought back to the practice squad?
4: Yeah, I don't know that. It's, it's interesting because you know they they made a, a case where like you know he was healthy and he wasn't spotted what after day nine of training camp he made the final roster they took their time putting him on ir now they released him from ir so he's assuming that he is healthy maybe it's for a different team but look i I don't know that they need him right now i think the receivers that they have are fine i know keith kirkwood's got to play a little bit better he knows that more than anybody he's more of that blocking type of guy that can run routes and do things for you, and maybe we'll see a little bit more At Perry sprinkled in. And plus, you got Shaq Davis on the the practice squad. You got Lynn Bowden Jr. on the roster. I mean, right. you're pretty loaded at the receiver position, and so maybe this is an opportunity for him to get a fresh start. You know, I know he's he's really strong and does a lot of the dirty work that goes unnoticed. But you know, look, fans, you when you're drafted in the third round and you have all these expectations on you, you're going to talk to the fan there. They're happy about this move, but it is a little bit surprising that it came today.
0: I know you had a late flight last night. This might be an unfair question, but break down again this weekend's game between the Saints and Bucks at home.
4: Yeah, look, I think with this one it's going to come down to can you emulate some of the things that have thrown the Bucks off uh, uh, off of their their rhythm and such because of course I think they can stop the run Rashad White, I think he's a guy that you can definitely stop with the passing game, look, get the pressure against Baker Mayfield and good things are going to happen. And so I think that Isaac Gattam did a fantastic job stepping in for Paulson Adipo. He's dealing with the hamstring. I think that's another player that may not be playing this Sunday um, as well. But I thought him and Alante Taylor did a fine job. I thought Jordan Howdy did an excellent job in his first uh, outing as a rookie. And so, look, I think they're going to test him. And the big focal point is Mike Evans versus – uh, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, of course. But, look, I don't know that the, the Bucks are going to have as much success offensively as we've seen. They're one of those teams where I've seen in the first couple of weeks I wasn't sold on them. Just like Green Bay, I wasn't totally sold, sold on them. And, look, for three quarters, it made Jordan Love look like he was nothing, right? And and But you got to close out those games. So, look, I, I'm expecting with Jameis Winston, you got to get this thing figured out. You've got to put points up on the board as much as you can. And look, you got to play four quarters of football. I, you know this is a team. I always say it: they if they don't play complementary football, they can't win. I know it, it's like the the given. Yeah, you want to, you got to. But this is a team that can't afford to have one phase of their game go to the to the toilet because they just can't win in, in those instances. So, then you saw special teams was one of them. Uh, you got the good last week with the bad groupiness. So, look, I think this one it's in the dome fans got to get, you know, rally behind them. You know, the biggest thing is can this offense get the injection they need with Alvin Kamara back in the lineup and get this offensive line ready to play against the Bucs to to make sure that they can give Winston enough time and and to be able to cook.
0: Always a pleasure, John. Thanks so much for your time. Certainly appreciate it, especially after the late, late flight back in last night. Uh, Tell the folks how they can follow you on social media. and Check out all your great work.
4: Yeah, look, just go to John J. Hendricks uh, on Twitter, and at Hendricks, just like Jimmy, not like the gin. But as I tell you, always you will love your mm-hmm. Hendrix gin, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so definitely follow us there, and it, at Saints News on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or X now, not Twitter. I guess I'm not going to forget that one. And then Saints.media sure. Media for all the writing and Boot Crew Media on YouTube.
0: Thanks, buddy. Appreciate your time as always, uh, and look forward to having you back on the on the show soon.
4: Sounds good. Thanks,
0: Eric. Have a good night. All right, there goes, John Hendricks. Hey, don't forget about Burkhart. You know, tune-ups are about peace of mind. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. In one year, your air conditioning heating systems can run for as many as 2,000 hours. The annual precision tune-ups uh, that Burkhart offers will help extend the life of your system. It'll identify and prevent problems from turning from small repairs to major breakdowns. It's going to help optimize your, your system's efficiency. It also is going to mean savings on your energy bill. That annual tune-up is going to help maintain your system warranty and warranties require regular routine maintenance. Uh, Burkhardt offers a thorough multi-point inspection that is performed by, again, their Nate certified technicians with, again, years of experience. And Burkhart, trust is everything. Burkhardt has over 10,000 customers, most of them coming through referrals. And of course, one that's the one way they've grown their business. Another way, again, is the way they treat their customers, like family. Once you're a family member, they take care of you. Once you're part of the family, again, you're part of the Burkhardt family. For years, Burkhardt, uh, Burkhard, I've heard John Burkhardt say, and it rings in my ears, trust is the foundation of our business, just as our customers. If you're looking for a company you can trust, it's Burkhardt. They'll always give you a fair price, do the job right, leave your home spotless, just how they do the job. And of course they want to fix the issue no matter what make or model they come in wanting to fix the problem their phone is answered 24 7 and those nate certified technicians some of the most experienced in the in the new orleans area if you're looking for a company you can trust whether it's repairs maintenance a route uh, or can uh tune up uh it's burkhart ac promise.com looking for a new system for your home or your business don't sign that contract with any other company than burkhart uh, that's ac promise.com that's ac promise.com
3: We know life can hit us with the unexpected
0: when losing a loved one. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service is here to help. You're never alone simple direct cremation for only $1,195. That's right, only $1,195 with no hidden charges or fees. Please give us a call at 504-218-5554 or visit our website at NewOrleansCremationService.com Great service with an exceptional price guarantee. New Orleans
2: Funeral and Cremation Service, celebrating life. This report is sponsored by Vicks NyQuil.
1: <laughs> when your cold keeps you up, you need NyQuil Severe Honey Flavor, Powerful Relief, with a dreamy honey taste. NyQuil severe honey flavor. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, honey licious. Best sleep with a cold medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Still seeing some problems for us. Elevated West Bank Expressway eastbound Lafayette uh, Crescent City connection is running really slow with a injury accident And 34 minutes from Lafayette to the I-10 merge. Stop and go traffic. Crescent City connection eastbound between Whitney and I-10 as well. Westbound 610 from New Orleans east to Metairie taking about 10 minutes at this time. Also, westbound I-10 read the flyover. Maybe a minute delay. Much better now. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. All
0: right, folks. You heard John Hendricks again. I mentioned earlier that uh, Traquan Smith was released by the Saints. Again, he is a veteran, vested veteran, so uh, he becomes a free agent automatically. He can sign with any team out there. Not sure if the Saints are going to bring him back on their practice squad or not, but Jake Luton has been signed from the... um, uh, from the Panthers practice squad. He's on the 53-man uh, roster, so he will be, again, the emergency quarterback for this weekend. All right, that's it for me, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. Jude Young is next with all access, so keep it right here on 106.1 FM. Don't forget Sean Vazan joins me on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports this week. I want to thank Leslie's East, Matty Hudak, and John Hendricks for joining us on the program today. Rudy back at studio producing our program. And then, of course, as always, we want to always thank our sponsors who make this show possible. Without our sponsor, there is no show. We appreciate each and one of those sponsors. We appreciate you, the audience, supporting those sponsors. You want to find out more? Go to ericasher.com. Click on the icon of your favorite sponsor. It'll take you right to their website. Everything you need to know about those sponsors right there at ericasher.com. If you missed any of our program today, the podcast will be up about 30 minutes after the show. Uh, you can find that at all, all your major podcasting platforms. I'm Eric Asher. Have a wonderful evening. From the dog catching the governor, that includes the man. They all got to go.